0: hello internet wow it's been a little while huh man you're looking great um man what did you do with that hair that's really cool all right well cool come sit down over here uh welcome back to kingdom hearts Coast, uh, coast to coast i am justin one of your hosts and with me as always it's me madison and we are back once again to talk about Kingdom Hearts. As we do every week, we are going through sequentially um, the Kingdom Hearts series. And today we are discussing the deep jungle section of the original Kingdom Hearts. This is the Tarzan level. Uh, Madison, what, what what do you think about Tarzan? What do you think about Disney's Tarzan?
1: Well, it's, a, it's kind of a different one because it's not one of the musicals. So I always kind of put it on a lower tier when i was younger yeah it's uh it's
0: kind of a musical it's like a hybrid musical it's got songs but they're not actually sung by it's it's like a montage movie (laughs) it's like a movie made almost solely of montages
1: yes it's a lot like that i guess that was pretty popular in the 90s we've got a few other um disney movies that are a little like that
0: yeah, and also Disney-esque things. Like, I think that this is essentially what, like, the uh, the Road to El Dorado. The, yes, the kind but of, with
1: Elton John y- instead of with Phil Elton, Collins. With,
0: with very bland Elton John songs instead of pretty bland uh, Phil Collins songs. At least you
1: can remember the Phil Collins songs that were in Tarzan. I think that the Elton John songs in uh, The Road to El Dorado kind of slip right out of your brain. They sure do. One of them has the
0: the deeply strange lyric. It's the sweet unfolding of an antique mystery uh, as like the cornerstone of one of the songs. So I remember that. But I don't remember much else about the songs from the road to El Dorado.
1: Well, I'm glad I don't remember that.
0: Yeah, no, they're not good. They're not good. Um, He used up all the good songwriting juice on uh, uh, the Lion King, I guess. Yes. So, you know, and then he was just done. That's not a, that's not true. He's probably done other stuff that was that was good. I don't know uh, since then. He might
1: have given. I don't know. He might have given up after then.
0: He might have given up after then. Um, that is possible, but Phil Collins did not give up. Phil Collins wrote a bunch of songs for the Tarzan movie, and then this is kind of a cool thing. Uh, he. Uh, sang those songs both in the English language version and in several of the foreign dubs of the movie, which is pretty awesome. Uh, it You can watch like the Spanish version of Tarzan, and it definitely sounds like Phil Collins still singing those songs in Spanish. So yeah, they're, I don't know, the, the songs are, I think, appropriate sounding, but I think they have pretty bad lyrics for the most part. It- it's pretty cheesy, but... It's pretty cheesy, but...
1: You know, he Phil Collins really, really put a lot of heart and soul into these songs, and then they did not appear in any way, shape, or form in this video game.
0: They sure didn't. The music in the game uh, is markedly different. They don't even make an attempt to make the music in this level of the game sound uh, anything like either the musical score for that movie or his songs from it there's you know there are a few places in kingdom hearts that we'll see as we go along where they hew pretty close to like the musical identity of the movie but uh this is definitely not one of them and i like the music in the deep jungle um i think it's really good like you know japanese rpg like jungle area music But, yeah, it super doesn't sound anything like the movie, which is interesting because, in a lot of ways, uh, they have really kind of gone out of their way in this quite, I think, quite expansive level to really replicate uh, a bunch of locations from the movie, and the general kind of look of everything is very on point. So, yeah, the the movie's pretty good, I think. I think it's all right. It's not great, but and I think it like I I watched it recently uh to prepare for the podcast and you know it has a very bad first act I think I think like the first like 20 or 30 minutes of the movie are basically dreadful like they're kind of like everything like that was bad that Disney was doing and like the late nineties all rolled into one. Like there's a bunch of bad pop culture references. There's like two different annoying, like comic relief characters. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not great. And then um, the other non-Tarzan humans show up and the movie actually gets a lot better at that point. I think Jane Porter is a really good uh, Disney heroine. I, I think she is by far the best thing in that movie I kind of wish she was in a better movie, honestly, because, like, that is really when the movie, like, flips full on into being, like, montage after montage for most of it. Uh, you know, when, like, they're, the Jane and her, her father and the very respectable, not at all sinister-seeming Hunter Clayton uh, are teaching Tarzan all about, you know, human society and everything. Uh, but, yeah, no, I think the movie averages out to be all right. I don't think it's it's definitely not one of my favorites, and I don't really know anybody for whom it is their favorite Disney movie. But you know, uh, it's it's okay, and Disney certainly made worse things in kind of the same general time period. It's interesting that there was a lot of, given everything I just said, there was a lot of, uh, I think, a lot of effort and a lot of love put into this recreation of it for Kingdom Hearts.
1: It's definitely got a lot of the same locations and hits a lot of the story beats, except for all those ones in the beginning. It, well, it has the um, the part where Tarzan triumphs over the um, what's the, what's the line. Sabor, Sabor, Sabor
0: the, the, the the yeah, the like jaguar, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, the like the like bug eyed jaguar um, who killed Tarzan's parents. Yes, yeah. it has the
1: part where Tarzan triumphs over Sabor later in his life in the game yes. than it happens in the movie, which is fine. It's all rearranged just fine. Sabor, I think all the characters look great. Sabor, I think did not make the transition into 3D quite so gracefully.
0: No, I would agree with that. Um, that is a character design that looks very good in the movie. But yeah, when you put like th- the third dimension onto that, uh, there's a lot of weird geometry there. He looks
1: kind of like a big buff man on all fours.
0: <laughs> yeah, he kind of does, doesn't he? He's like wearing like a jaguar suit or something. It's really strange,
1: <laughs> and you have to
0: fight him a lot, actually. He's fought him
1: so much. This drove me nuts.
0: So, so this, um, this world does an interesting thing and I can't off the top of my head remember if this, if they do this anywhere else in the game. Uh, so basically when you get to this world, it is, it is essentially a like completely untouched by the heartless world. Like you get there ahead of the problem, essentially you, when you arrive at the deep jungle, uh, there's kind of an interesting thing where, uh, Sora and Donald have, like, an argument in the gummy ship before you land there about whether or not they should even go to this place because Donald is being basically just, like, a snob and being like, there's no way there's anything important to our mission in this, like, backwater. And Sora's like, well, I my friends might be here. And they have an argument, and they basically end up, I guess, crashing the gummy ship. It's always very unclear to me how how they actually, the, like the transmission into these worlds work, but they end up kind of crashing into different parts of the deep jungle, meeting different characters and then kind of coming back together. But the thing is that for the first half essentially of this part of the game, for the first half of, of the adventure in this this land, there's no heartless. Like you are there and the only threat is repeated attacks by Sabor. And Sabor is tenacious because Sabor will show up about as often as the Heartless would. Uh, And you beat him and then he runs away really fast. But yeah, this one actually does take like a turn at a certain point and the heartless come in and there's a bunch of unique ones just for this area of the game like there usually are. Those monkey ones are really cute. Oh, they're great. I love them. I love that there's monkey ones and then there's like harder to hit pink ones. The girly ones. That have like, they're girly and like, I think they like, do they steal from you? What's their deal? I can't remember.
1: The um, pink ones throw rocks at you
0: okay yeah but yeah there's those and like there's i think actually another kind of is there another kind of like rangier ape looking one as well that pops up as well or am i thinking of something else i
1: think you're thinking of something it's else
0: few, it's been a few weeks since i played this part of the game yes but we have
1: had a bit of a, a lapse since yeah, we've we actually a little bit played a, the game of a lapse so yeah, but
0: but yeah, so the Monkey Heartless are great. It's cool because they spend enough time in this setting that you can kind of feel that like something, you, you feel kind of like there's like a bit of chaos that's been injected into things when the Heartless show up. And that's cool. One thing, uh, another thing I wanted to mention about this that is cool that also relates to kind of the amount of time they spend there is that there's actually... Uh, So this part of the game, I think, is neat because they use um, this sort of like self-contained, you know, block of story to do what is almost like an episode of a TV show where they set up um, kind of a little conflict between Sora and Donald at the beginning of it. Have them basically stay mad at each other throughout this whole thing and then, you know, make peace at the end in a way that kind of dovetails with the the conclusion of the story in in the deep jungle as well you know i think a lot of tv shows that aren't like super serialized but still have like some running plot stuff can do this from time to time where basically there's like just total filler episodes where like it's just something that has nothing to do with like kind of the overarching story and then there's like very heavily connected in mythology episodes and then there's ones kind of like this where like it could be kind of completely irrelevant to the main story but it's not because there's little ties to that main story and stuff actually like happening to the characters and like their their personal growth over it. Yeah we
1: get some character and relationship developments that's good in this level because there's no princess in Tarzan so they put something else to connect up with the main plot.
0: Yeah that's true that's true Um, and they also do this is one where they do actually do some kind of initial seeding of plot elements that are going to come back later so when Sora crashes into the deep jungle and he meets Tarzan while Tarzan's talking to him he has like this weird kind of hallucination of Kairi standing behind him and that is seeding some stuff that's going to come back later as is a, a neat little thing that happens um so basically kind of partially following the, the plot of the Tarzan movie, uh, one of the big things that... The first things that you have to do is, when you get to Jane uh, and Clayton's camp is find all these kind of, like, uh, projector slides so that you can show Tarzan these things and hope to try to jog his memory uh, about something that Sora hopes, you know, he will find there among those slides is a picture of a big castle and in the movie that castle is just like a big kind of regular european castle but in this inexplicably it's this different castle that sora thinks is kind of weirdly familiar to him and um once again that is something that will come back later in the game And uh, it's interesting to see it show uh, show up so early here and in a place that is completely uh, unconnected to that stuff. I like it. I I think that stuff is really cool. I, I, I do also think that, like it it shows that it it kind of doesn't matter that much how beloved the disney property is that they're drawing stuff from they can still make a really interesting cool level out of it um if they've just sort of got like a hook for how they're gonna do that which they do most of the time i think in this game sometimes they don't like wonderland where you know there was just sort of nothing to to kind of grasp onto there but yeah
1: they do a much better job integrating the Tarzan story into the main game which is impressive because it seems like it's not really something that can take on any like can become an episode in something else no um but here it works because there's still i
0: mean like you know there's a little bit of time given to the spat between Donald and Sora and there's a little bit of you know the 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 crux of what the like tarzan story in the tarzan in in the disney tarzan movie is basically like kind of uh the big one of the big changes that this makes versus the movie is it doesn't have any of the gorillas actually audibly talk in a way that you can understand and i think that was a smart decision because it, it removes just enough of that plot and just enough of those characters that it doesn't like weigh this down with trying to be like a full recreation of the movie as it was it's just sort of like you're seeing it from this outsider perspective because in the movie the only person who can understand the gorillas is Tarzan so you know uh, the fact that you're kind of just seeing this whole thing from Sora's perspective and he he can't understand what the gorillas are saying uh, you know kind of Leaves that stuff enough to the side that it's like still there, but you don't have to kind of f- focus on it that much.
1: That is good. It is very funny that they chose to transcribe the gorillas' dialogue and Tarzan's speaking with them in the form of punctuation marks. Because that usually means some-
0: that that usually means something else when when things do that. Yes, uh, that yeah, it just looks like they're cursing like a like a blue streak. <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. Uh, it, it also does help that it means they didn't have to get back uh, the actors that played any of the gorillas who were some of the most famous actors in that movie. So, you know, that that kind of helps with that, too. But uh, yeah, no, no Rosie O'Donnell gorilla here. No, no Lance Henriksen um, as as stern gorilla dad. <laughs>
1: That you know, that, I gotta say, that
0: dude is just an abusive jerk. Well, like, he you sucks. know, like, it's
1: tough to be a dad in the jungle when there's like a big old jaguar and hunters suppose, and
0: stuff. I suppose. I mean, and the the jaguar did eat his actual baby, so yeah. you know.
1: All we get from him in the game is a stoic nod.
0: Yeah. Oh, not actually just that, because he does also pick Sora up and throw him <laughs> like 50 feet at the end of the level, that's which right. is very good.
1: Into the, be- the where he can access the beautiful waterfall canyon. Yes. That's, as far as it
0: goes, that's all good stuff about this. Um... There are some things in this level that I don't think work that well, personally. Like
1: the platforming?
0: The platforming is very bad, and the amount of repetition that you have to do to get to all of this pretty good plot stuff is not good. You do have
1: to go back and forth a lot, especially if you're me and couldn't find the entrance to one of the Vine levels.
0: Oh my god. So here's a thing that uh, happened to me. I went through this whole thing... And basically you have to, the way the level is set up, it is bigger than Wonderland, I think, but it's still only really composed of like eight or nine different rooms, essentially. So after a lot of the plot events in this, it dumps you back at uh, Jane's camp. And then you frequently have to go back to kind of the gorilla home area for the plot to advance. But like in order to get there, what I ended up doing is you have to go through a regular kind of normal screen where usually there's some enemies and then there's an area with hippos coming out of the water that you have to jump on to get to a, um, a pool, a place where you can climb up. Yeah. There's a pool. And then there's like some, you know, vines on a tree that you can climb up to where you get to the like vine swinging section. And there's two screens of that. And then you climb up another thing and then you're at the gorilla hideout. And I did that every single time that, uh, that the game required me to go back there. Now, It was a few weeks between when we, you know, uh, when I played that and now. So in order to refresh myself um, before we recorded this, I went ahead and just watched uh, a playthrough of that part of the game on uh, a YouTube channel. And I didn't realize that in the hippo area, there's actually a way... There's actually, like, another thing you can climb up at the very back of that area <laughs> that takes you directly to the gorilla hideout. That's
1: right. I I did manage to find that right at the end, but I jumped over those... It's dang hippos! Uh,
0: it's a very hard bit of very bad Kingdom Hearts platforming that you have to do to get to that climbing uh, area. And I just it never occurred to me that there was like a direct route to the place. The game was constantly telling me to go back to. So I did the freaking vines every time. And, you know, I gotta say, uh, Haley Joel Osment put in a lot of work to record those grunting sounds that he makes that Sora makes like, you know, when he jumps from vine to vine. So I guess I'm glad that I like honored his work by, by doing that. But dang, I wish I hadn't done it so many times. Like, yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, basically, you know, you meet up with your party members, the party reunites after they initially crash down, you show Tarzan some slides, Tarzan says he, there's basically kind of a miscommunication, and Tarzan says that Sora's friends, he thinks that means that Riku and Kairi are there, basically, and he wants Tarzan to take him to his friends. And they need to ask Kerchak, the stern gorilla dad, for permission to do that. So you go up to the gorilla sanctuary. Kerchak turns his back very dramatically and does not allow you to do that. But while that's happening, Clayton, the very respectable, not at all sketchy hunter that is uh, in the jungle with, uh, with Jane and Tarzan... Uh, has tried and failed to shoot one of Tarzan's gorilla friends. So everybody kind of gangs up on Clayton, and it's like, you need to go, dude. You need to get out of here. And he gets mad and storms off, and that's when he, I guess, like, makes some kind of extra-dimensional cosmic horror connection to the Heartless, and lets them in, and he's basically gone at that point. He's basically like a heartless's meat puppet at that point. So all these heartless appear everywhere, and then you have to go around and uh, save various groups of gorillas from the uh, the heartless that have appeared. And this is this is another thing where like you don't have to engage in as much repetition as I unfortunately did, but like every time you save a group of gorillas you can go back to Jane in her tent and she will tell you where the next group of gorillas is you have to save. And she always finishes that with the exact same line of please protect protect the gorillas, uh, which I I love hearing every time. (laughs) And um, after that's all done, Clayton, sort of Clayton comes back and kidnaps Jane. And then you have to go and save her from like this weird sort of almost combat puzzle with a vine that's like uh like like a like a web of vines that is holding her in the middle of like this tree that
1: sure was weird and
0: it was very weird it's like you go into this area and there's jane who's you know being kind of like you know caged by these vines and there's all these kind of vines and a big black fruit and you get a prompt on the screen that says the black fruit looks suspicious (laughs) and it's like yeah it sure does so basically you just have to hit the fruit a bunch and uh while waves of heartless come at you and uh then then you can free her. Um, and once that's all done, you have to go and have kind of like a final showdown with Clayton who never speaks past the point where he gets sort of taken by the heartless and you have a a fight with him and this big, mostly invisible chameleon monster that I guess is controlling him or maybe he's controlling it. I'm not really clear. Um, this, I remember being an incredibly hard fight when I played the game originally. I didn't have as much trouble with it this time. Yeah,
1: I thought it was just fine.
0: Yeah, it was fine. I beat it the first time. It was pretty fun. Uh, You only have to kill Clayton in this for the fight to end. The the chameleon will... I didn't realize this... Uh, Once again, I think until I watched that other playthrough of it, but the chameleon will just keep regenerating like you can knock all of its health down, but it will come back every time the fight ends, though, when you when you do in Clayton Uh, and then the chameleon falls on him, uh, crushing his body and killing him. And uh, that's a pretty bad death. It's not as grisly, actually, as what happens to him in the movie, where he essentially, like, accidentally hangs himself in vines while trying to kill Tarzan by slashing at him with a knife. Probably one of the more grisly deaths in a Disney movie for a villain, I think, right? Yeah,
1: I think it's up there with um, Frollo's death in Hunchback in terms of things that scared... the cried out of me when i was a I th- kid I
0: think frollo's is the gold standard um that's by far the the nastiest one i think
1: ursula's pretty bad too she gets uh impaled that with a She actually is quite grisly and we like kind of and, see and, and that that's a, the most. And, that's,
0: and that's on yeah it's on screen that's crazy um so anyway once uh clayton's dead, Kerchak, I guess, decides you're cool after all. And even though you've probably been shot several times with uh, Clayton's musket over and over again, or I guess hunting rifle, uh, Kerchak just picks you up and throws you right over this big wall. That's
1: some extreme chiropractic.
0: That's right. That's right. And uh, there's actually a short additional platforming sequence on the other side of the wall where you go up this kind of waterfall cave. And uh, there you find this really cool thing that is the first time you've seen one of these in the game. It's a, a weird sort of keyhole in the rock that is surrounded by these like glowing butterflies. And just like it did with the uh, talking talking doorknob in uh, in Wonderland, Sora's keyblade reacts and it shoots a beam of light into the keyhole and kind of seals it. And uh, then you're given another piece of the mysterious, uh, the mysterious uh, transportation gummy that you've been collecting some pieces of uh, as you go around the the first few worlds. It's you know the repetition aside, pretty tightly plotted for uh, a part of this game so far. And the the fight with Clayton, I think, is kind of interesting because. Uh, you know, he really does not get any kind of like, you know, they don't really try to like talk him down or anything. He's just gone. He's just like, it's like, okay, well, this dude is is nothing anymore. So I think
1: they realize pretty soon, like that's not Clayton. Yeah, yeah, no, I think like Tarzan actually says that. Yes.
0: Um, and then we get one more villain roundtable scene where they're kind of like, man. That hunter really uh, messed this up, <laughs> uh, and but they they do talk uh, the villains you know do talk about how he kind of gave himself over to the darkness and was sort of lost to it, and then there's a little tease that I, I think is interesting because it's it's uh, the first time they've mentioned the kind of princesses of heart I think, and the uh, or by name I guess and there's a little clip of the villain sort of like watching a very concerned looking Alice which I think works either as like set up if you haven't been to Wonderland yet or as kind of like a sinister coda if you have been there and you know they've already got her Yeah. so it's either, it's either like they're watching her and they're like about to snatch her or she's like imprisoned by them already and uh, you know it's cool that like they basically just Instead of actually making, like, a scene, a separate scene for, like, whether or not you've been to Wonderland first, they just made something that's ambiguous enough that it works either way. You know, it's weird because, like, the way that the game works, the the sort of, like... uh difficulty ratings for the different worlds imply that you are supposed to go to this one after you've been to Wonderland but i think that scene actually kind of works better if if it's set up for the Wonderland thing yeah you know cuz i
1: don't know if Alice is still conscious after they grab her yeah actually
0: that's a good point that's a good point um this game does not have a lot of conscious princesses in it so yeah i mean i had a very good impression of this section of the game from back when i played it originally like this really felt to me like is ah, yes, here we are getting real stuck into uh, like like this was this is a thing that i think a lot of especially older japanese rpgs have where like the party would get kind of trapped somewhere or separated and then there'd just be this like kind of little inset adventure where like they're all kind of you know lost in a place within the the, the world of the game and have to like kind of come together and like you know get out of it
1: yeah it's a good establishing moment for the party yeah and you know this
0: feels like this game's version of that and i still think it's good i do think the repetition and the way that it relies on what is probably like the game's like worst mechanical element the platforming a little too much uh to be kind of unfortunate but yeah, like I yeah, I, I was I was really pleased by by how well this part of the game held up again. I
1: agree. I think it's fun. I, uh, I the jumping is not so good. I do kind of like the swinging on the vines.
0: The swinging on the vines is actually fun When it
1: works, it's fun. When you hit ha- when you hit any bump in the road, it uh, is not so fun.
0: So the problem with it is that it's it's supposed to be sort of automatic, like basically like if you are close enough to another vine to target that vine, all you have to do is press the action command and he'll automatically jump to it. The problem comes in when you're in a place where there are several things that he could be that Sora could be like kind of soft locked onto and you hit the button when he's not locked onto the vine, like when he's locked onto like a treasure chest or something and then it just falls and it just falls and then you have to go through the hippo section again yes. <laughs> to get back up and that's not good um, yeah there's tree surfing in this as well i didn't mention that that's a big thing in that movie
1: that's pretty fun it's pretty no consequence it's
0: nothing really like there's no it's weird because it has its own music track and its own like little bit of like different controls but you don't get like a like a bonus or anything for doing it well it just, you know, is a thing that you do at one point, you know, to get, like, down from a big tree. And it's pretty fun, though. Um, and it's fun that it's in this just because it's it was such a big focus of, like... Especially the movie's, like, marketing campaign played this up a lot. They really wanted to show uh, off
1: that animation technique.
0: Yeah. Uh, and that cool... Those cool extreme sports moves... Yes. ...that your boy Tarzan is getting down on. Um and uh yeah it's in here um interestingly even if you have other people in your party um like the first time you do this the, the only time you're required to do the tree surfing sequence it's right after uh Sora and Tarzan have met up and nobody else is with them and so the only people on the the tree surfing section are Sora and Tarzan But if you go back and do it again later after you've got the rest of the party back, even if Tarzan's like not in your party, Tarzan will still be the only person other than Sora on the tree when you're doing tree surfing. Um, I think they just, like, didn't want to animate the other two characters doing that. It feels weird, uh, and
1: it is too bad, but it is probably for the best, because Donald and Goofy are both pratfall based characters, and I think it would have been There's quite no unbelievable w- to watch them pull off such a stunt.
0: A hundred percent, yeah, a hundred percent.
1: So, you know,
0: here's the thing that struck me as... It, I've never done this before, but it was it was weird to make this discovery... So, okay, back when I played the game originally, I always kept Donald in my party. Like, I kept Donald in the party 100% of the time and would usually switch out Goofy for whoever the kind of guest party member for that level was. And this time, I wanted to kind of, like, keep the fiction a little bit <laughs> a little bit you know better in focus so i was like well sora and donald are like mad at each other so why would they be like going around and like fighting heartless together so i i switched out um him instead of goofy and the level was so much easier
1: yeah like it was
0: so much like is
1: donald just a bad party member he's not so good especially early on when he doesn't have many spells goofy can just do so much more damage in it and yeah for for probably the whole game but especially at this point beating the levels beating the fights faster is much more important than having a healer which is the main thing that god does for you because if you just kill them fast enough you don't take damage
0: yeah that's true that's true and that's totally what happened here um but yeah it's just funny because it never occurred to me that like you know there was like a significant power difference between the two of them and also this is the thing that's i guess pretty true that i didn't think about until i was trying to like puzzle out like why uh, like goofy was so much more effective as a party member but like basically like once donald has depleted his mp he's just hitting things with that little stick isn't he yeah
1: and he doesn't do so good at that it's um it's kind of a In some other JRPGs, you have this same situation where in the beginning of the game, fighters... Magic
0: users. Yeah, magic
1: users, they have low HP and they don't have many skills. Like you see this in Dragon Quest and the early Final Fantasy games. Mm -hmm. And then later they get their really powerful spells if you you level them up. Yeah, yeah. And so there's a trade-off there of the early game being easier, but then you don't get to your um, good spells Mm -hmm. with your magic user. And it's pretty hard to perceive in Kingdom Hearts.
0: It is. Yeah, I think that's the most interesting takeaway for me from this is, is just how it took, like, this situation for me to even realize that was a thing here. But yeah, um, I think I'm going to be keeping Goofy in the party more, I guess. Sure. Even though I do, I will miss Donald's, like, angry battle quacks.
1: They're very fun. (laughs) (laughs) Goofy makes some weird sounds, too, in battle.
0: That's true. That's true. They are good as well. Um, if, If Tarzan is any indication, the guest party members are pretty overpowered. Like, it seems like there's no reason to not use one of them. Is that consistent across the game? Do you think, or is this an especially extreme example? I'm not sure.
1: I think part of it is because we're early in the game, and Tarzan because he's like at the he doesn't have anywhere to progress pretty much. No,
0: there's no there's no leveling for Tarzan. So he's he's got a whole
1: bunch of skills and abilities. Yes, he does. That's true. Um,
0: Yeah, I guess that will change as we get further on into the game and get more skills yes and i'm sure that the guest
1: party members will get proportionally more powerful but your party members will also be less useless Uh (laughs)
0: uh-huh yeah
1: no i one of the uh,
0: like i frankly don't really remember how much utility the other guest party members had from my original playthrough aside from with one exception which is ariel who seemed so useful that it was like they were like handicapping you against like being worried that like the like little mermaid world was too difficult to proceed with without her maybe
1: they wanted to offset the new control scheme
0: like she has like we'll get to it when when we get there but she has a like healing uh, a healing ability that also confers the arrow buff onto you when she uses it, which means you're like basically constantly arrowed the entire time. So like yeah, I think that means you don't like, you have like a much higher like dodge rating or something but yeah I guess we'll see how, if that is actually a big thing or if I'm just remembering it that way when we get to it yeah. but uh, enough talk about that uh, we are talking about the Tarzan level what uh, what additional thoughts do you have about about this this part of the game I
1: thought that final scene with the keyhole was very nice I, uh, I liked the butterflies and Sora's communications with Tarzan about what it means mm-hmm. to have friends and what a friend is. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's no butterflies like that in the Tarzan movie, right? That's added for the nope, game. No, that's okay. a
0: completely... That is genuinely a place where they they added a really neat aesthetic touch in this game that is completely unique to the game, but that still feels like it's in keeping with the world of the movie. It does.
1: It It's definitely... Um, a more Japanese aesthetic choice to have the, the glowing white butterflies covering a thing. <laughs> for sure. And uh it was good for the kind of sad tone of the scene to have that. There's actually
0: something I've never this hadn't occurred to me before, but I feel like there's almost like a little bit of like they took this like Disney Tarzan movie and then added a little bit of like almost like a studio Ghibli vibe onto it. Yeah, with in, the flowers in, in certain places and the here.
1: butterflies and the Yeah. yeah
0: and it plays it works really well um i think i I, yeah i think it's a neat it's a neat you know example of the kind of like aesthetic intersection between the the sort of anime stylings um that square enix brought to this or that i keep saying that square soft it's square soft no enix what whatsoever brought to this how that sort of meshed with the the established sort of like disney feel of everything
1: did you notice in the credits there's a um, specific attribution to the estate of Edgar <laughs> Rice Burroughs for the use I of did, the Tarzan yes. IP? Uh,
0: yes, indeed, I, I did notice that. Uh, yeah, man, that stuff's uh, too recent. It's 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 recent enough that uh, somebody else, you know, <laughs> still has still has legal claim on it. It's not completely public domain, or at least wasn't when this was made. It might be now. I'm not sure. Yeah I've I've always thought that was that was kind of funny. Yeah.
1: It's a I suppose a testament to how popular Tarzan stories are that Disney licensed the rights to mm-hmm. the Tarzan story to make the movie.
0: Yeah, I mean most of the stuff that they've uh, you know, I mean there are a few other things that Disney did have to specifically license the rights to be able to do. So like, you know, they did actually have to buy film rights to Alice in Wonderland to do Um, or, or I guess more specifically to like the, the illustrations from Alice in Wonderland to do their version of it. But as far as licensing the property completely, yeah, I think Alice, I think Tarzan might be one of the only real examples of that. And yeah, I think it, I think it was worth it. I think it was a good choice. Um, I'm kind of, I'm okay with the fact that like deep jungle has never come back as a setting. In any other Kingdom Hearts game. Yeah,
1: I don't think there's much more to explore there. I don't
0: think there's really much else to be done with it, but it, it's good here. I think it I think it works really well. Yes,
1: and it's a good um, green grass level to start off the game with, relatively. It sure
0: is. You always need one of those. You always need one.
1: In any video game.
0: You, would you say that this level is, uh, is Kingdom Hearts's green hill zone?
1: Yes, for sure. You even mm-hmm. zoom around. You do, it's true. I think this is probably a a good a stronger first level than Alice in Wonderland uh yeah we, we probably talked enough about how much we don't prefer that one in the last episode yeah
0: for sure but
1: um I I think it's uh, it gives you a better feel for the story that's going to be happening and the yeah, way the characters so. relate to each other oh you know yes. one thing Probably my favorite little thing in this level, at least when I played it the first time as a kid, it was running around the camp and doing the little recipes. Oh, yeah, the recipes are great.
0: Yeah, all the weird little, like, things that you can, like, kind of mess with in the camp to, like, get your get some better items. Yeah,
1: there's kind of some Age of Exploration weird science experiments you can do.
0: Yeah, I love the camp. I like the camp both in that it looks very good in like as being like a representation of the camp in the movie. And just because it's a really neat little area to explore. There's a bunch of little you know, things you
1: can look at and interact with a little bit. It's cool and it's
0: it's cool that like this stuff is like it's optional, but it's also fun and like not really that you know, difficult to like parse what you're supposed to do with it. That it's like it feels like you're you're kind of incentivized to to explore that area and you know do a bunch of cool little things in it. Um, I love the camp.
1: No music scene, unfortunately, like in the movie.
0: No, that's true. That's true. Um, no. Was it, like, the elephant had, like, the gramophone horn stuck in its trunk?
1: I think that's right, and then the the little teenager gorilla plays some drums Mm -hmm. and stuff, and they break everything, Mm -hmm. but that's okay. That probably would have been very complex to animate.
0: Yeah, I don't know that, like, the PS2 was really up to that level of, like, minute detail, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah...
1: But I I think that's a that's about it for the deep jungle. You know, it's it's just a fun, nice early on level.
0: It is good. And I think that uh, it's it's a it's a more promising sign of what's to come um, than than the other the other, you know, not not just uh, not just the Alice in Wonderland level. But I think that, like, even more than like uh, really, you know, the, the first Traverse Town section, this is. This is sort of bringing more into focus what kind of game this is going to be. Yes. So, um, yeah, well, I don't really have anything else to, to say about it. I think we kind of did it. I, um, I think that's
1: it. So where are we heading next? The Coliseum?
0: You know it. Uh, we are going to be lifting some weights, showing our strength, and uh, meeting some some old, old friends from a different game. So, yeah, or one old friend from a very different game. So, yeah um look forward to next time as we head to olympus coliseum and uh, you know a a really good danny devito impression in that level oh yes actually we'll talk about it uh then but yeah no that dude does a really good job of sounding like him it's impressive
1: very very much so For listening to this third episode of Kingdom Hearts Coast to Coast. Our intro and outro feature the song Trinity by T. Spiro on ocremix.org. Remember to subscribe and join us again next time as we show up at the Coliseum. なびっくり。もっと話してよ。ぜひ。うん。ターザン。ターザン。ターザン。